Thank you, Brother Eddie. Thank you, church. It is great to be with you today. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to stand before you and present God's Word to you and challenge us all to be better, to be what God wants us to be for Him. I do appreciate Taylor last week talking to us, uh, preaching for me uh, in this my spot here um, while we were out of town. He did a great job. appreciate Bill teaching my class. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for the opportunity we have to, to worship together, to be together, to grow together. A lot of great things going on. And so please make note of everything that Justin mentioned and a lot of fellowship time, a lot of good times together. You know what is coming up? And man, I'm just going to go ahead and help you know. It's Valentine's Day. All right? So, men, if you are the type or your wife is the type that they would like to receive something from you, you got a couple days to do it. If there are boyfriends and girlfriends in here, boyfriends, if you don't want to, you got time to break up with them. Sorry, that was a little cruel. Valentine's Day is in the air. Love is in the air. So that's why I chose this attribute of God. God is love. God is full of love because God is love. The Bible reminds us of this. In 1 John 4, verse 8, John, as has been read a couple times now, records this about God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Think about that again. He who does not love does not know God. So the people out there that do not love others or that, as as is mentioned later, hates a brother or sister, uh, whether that be a brother through Adam or a brother through Christ, If that be the case, if we have that hatred, how can we say we know God? Because God is not hate. God is love. John 3.16, pretty familiar one to us, right? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. We talked in class this morning about holiness, about how holy God is. You see, we can't be in the presence of of God. We can't dwell with God full of sin. We can't live with God in eternity, not just full of sin, with one sin. Because God is holy. And so what did He do? Even though we sinned and sin came through man, and, and it came in Genesis 3 and it's been here ever since. Even though we are sinners, He still provided a way. Why? Why would God do that? Because He is love. Then there's 1 John 4, verse 19. We love Him because He first loved us. So as we break out this sermon today and we open up more about God and about His love. I want to challenge you, and I want to challenge me, and I want to challenge all of us 
uh, whether we're at home or on the road or wherever we are through live stream or right here in this room, I want to challenge us to grow in our appreciation of God's love. Why? Why would we do that? Because if we grow in our appreciation of God's love, then we are going to grow in love for the Bible. We're going to grow in love for worship. We're going to grow in love for serving. We're going to grow in love for giving. We're going to grow in love for all these other things that we challenge ourselves with all the time. If we behold our God and all the attributes of God throughout this year, then we shouldn't have to worry about attendance. We shouldn't have to worry about our prayer lives. We shouldn't have to worry about reading the Bible. Why? Because we truly appreciate God for who He is. And today, as we break this down, I want you to remember this fact. God is love. God loves us all, no matter where we are in life. Now, hear me out on this. You see, I like these kinds of sermons because it's going to talk about love and it's going to talk about forgiveness and and bridging that gap and all the things that God has done through love for us. And, and, you know, but, and we can sit here and and I can say, and, and rightfully so, that God loves us no matter where we are in life. But here's the deal. God doesn't like us in some parts of our life. We're always going to be loved. We're always going to be desired to be in a relationship with... He's always going to want us to be there. He's not willing that any should perish. But He doesn't like everything that we do. Everything that we sin that we commit or every time that we fail Him. He doesn't like those things. And so in order to understand and appreciate this, we can't just sit here and preach, hey, God loves you no matter what. You see, that would be false. He does love us, but He doesn't want us to stay where we are. He he wants us to keep growing. Why? Because He desires a relationship with us. He desires to live in eternity with us. God is love. His love is also unconditional. God's love is without limit. God loves us so much and His love is so deep that nothing can change His love or stop Him from loving us. God loves us in all seasons of life. God loves us every second of every day. God's love is permanent. God's love can never fade away. God loves us, and because of His love, He cares for us. God is, and I'm going to add these next two words, full of love. When you woke up this morning, guess what? God loved you. When you ate breakfast this morning, if you eat breakfast, what, guess what? God loved you. When you got in your vehicle and you came on your way to, to Bible class first, then worship. God was loving you. Right here in this room, God is loving you. When we go home, God's going to love us no matter what. Again, He doesn't desire us to stay in sin. He doesn't desire us to 
be apart from Him. He doesn't like us to do things that are not in accordance to His will. But it doesn't mean He doesn't love us. He's going to punish sin. He's, he's the God of justice. Just like He's the God of grace and the God of mercy. He's the God of love. But justice will come. He wants to live with us because He loves us so much. But He doesn't want us to stay in a state that's separated from Him. You see, when I feel disappointed in life, and life disappoints us, right? God's still loving me. When I have failed, God still loves me. I think the best way to illustrate this is found in Luke chapter 15. Bill talked about this in class last week. He, he used these three lost things. Today I'm going to talk about the Son. In Luke 15, these are the words of Christ beginning in verse 11. Then he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. That was the father's, right? And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions on prodigal living. But when he had, by the way, prodigal uh, to our younger crowd here means worldly, worldly living. He, he was living of the world. Verse 14, but when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. And no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this, my son, was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now listen, that's us. And that's our Heavenly Father. It comes a point in our life around the age of accountability, right? We're like, give me mine. He said, give me the portions that belong to me. Okay, give me mine. By the way, it was the Father's portions. But the Father still gave them to him. See, if you want to walk away from God today, you can. If you want to walk away from Him, you can. Now, that's not a, a, a thing that most preachers are probably going to preach this morning. 
But if you want to walk away from God, you, you have the ability to. He doesn't want you to, but you can. He allowed His Son to walk away. Did He know what was going to happen? Yes. He knew because Father knew, knows best, right? He knew His Son was going to make mistakes. He knew that He wasn't prepared for this. And so what did the Son do? He went and He wasted it. He lived the life. He lived for me. He lived for Him. While He's wasting this and while He's feeding pigs and while He's sitting there in a pig's pen wanting to eat the slop that, that they've thrown out for these pigs because He's so hungry, you know what the Father's doing? Loving Him. He's loving Him. In the pig's pen, He comes to Himself. Hey, I'm going to get my father to make me a servant. Isn't that what it's about? We've got to realize it's about serving. So he gets himself and he goes home. And the father sees him because he's looking for him. Why? Because he's still loving him. And when he's a long way off, the father runs to him and they hug and they embrace and he kisses him. And here's the beautiful part about it. The son has his repentant statement. He's saying, Father, it's almost like he's rehearsing, Father, I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. Please make me a servant. But the Father never acknowledges it. Why? Because him walking up the driveway was all he needed to see. Coming home is what mattered. And they threw a party. He put a a new robe on him. He put new sandals on his feet and he gave him a ring. Why would he give him a ring? You see this ring right here? It shows that I belong to Michelle. That ring showed that he belonged to the Father. And because of that, they kill the fatted calf and they celebrate. Why? Because God is love. He loves us enough to let us go. But He sure loves us when we come home. In John 15, 13, Jesus said this about love, Greater love has no one in this than to lay down one's life for His friends. God loves us so much, He gave up His only begotten Son to die in our stead. We are loved by God. God's love is great. God's love cares for everyone. His love is powerful. His love delivered us from all forms of evil. And His love is real. But what else about God? What else about His love? Secondly, this morning we can learn that His love is for everyone. God is holy, and He loves us holy. He loves us separate from the way others love us, and separate from the way we love, to be truthful and frankful. We do not love the way God loves. God loves perfectly. Our love is imperfect. Now, we may try our best, and we may do our best, but we are imperfect people, not God. His love is true, holy, 
perfect love. I mentioned earlier that His love is unconditional. Here's what that means. Uh, Obviously, it means not conditioned or limited. But it also means not subject to any condition. It's unquestioning. It's unreserved and wholehearted. This is to say that no matter what is going on or what is happening around us or what has happened to us, God still loves us. God's love is very strong. It's an undiluted love, which means His love is not mixed with any other feeling or quality. In Romans 5, 8, Paul writes there how God demonstrates His love. But God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, that us is everyone. God is not one to show partiality. Whether Jew or Greek, whether male or female, no matter who we are, God loves us all. And His love is so plentiful that it can be poured out on everyone. And I hope that everybody has that desire and that love flowing in their lives. Another translation puts Romans 5.8 this way, But God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. You see, that's a wow kind of love. No matter what, He still sent Christ. No matter what we did to Christ, He still sent. He still allowed Christ to die. No matter what has been said, no matter what God has been worshipped, no matter what sin has been committed, God still sent Christ. And Christ died for everyone. God's love is so great, He could not allow us to die in our sins. Thirdly, this morning, God's love is inseparable. If you look at Romans 8, verses 37 through 39, a great chapter is Romans 8. But Paul writes here, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, I do not want you to hear this in that passage. No matter what we do, we're okay. That's not what that passage teaches. Okay? That's not what... The, the son in the prodigal son story was not okay. When he was living in a worldly life, he was not okay. He was separated from the Father. And that is the scariest place to be. But the Father kept loving him. And that's what this passage teaches. No matter what you do, no matter where you've been, no matter who you are, your love cannot be separated from God. It doesn't mean our soul can't be. But He will always love us. Victory belongs to us because of Jesus Christ. Death can't separate us. Angels can't separate us. Demons can't separate us from God's love. Fear for today or worries about tomorrow cannot separate us from God's love. 
the power of hell cannot separate us from God's love. No power above, no power in the earth, or no power below the earth can separate us from God's love. Nothing in all creation can separate us from God's love. Only we can separate us from Him. You see, as long as I hold on to His unchanging hand, nothing can break that seal. Nothing can separate us from His hand. But as soon as I let go, I'm separated from Him. God still loves me, but the Son left the Father. The Father didn't leave the Son. Fourthly this morning, God's love is something to behold. Our theme this year is behold our God. Well, certainly we need to behold His love. We need to see how much He loves us. And that's why I'm preaching this, to remind us of how much the Bible reminds us of Jesus and God's love toward us. In 1 John 3, 1, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know Him. Behold, John said, the manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. It's something to behold. God calls us His children because of His love. Think about that. You know, think about the Creator of everything we know. We're His children. You know how precious your children are to you. That's how precious we are to God, even more so. God's love is so amazing that He revealed it in Jesus. Galatians 2.20, Paul wrote, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who, what? Loved me and gave Himself for me. Another version writes it this way, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Jeremiah 31.3 records this about His love. The Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. You can't reflect on God and not behold His love. If we do not take time in our schedules, in our days, in our lives, to behold the love of God, then we're not going to make it spiritually. Because it's that love that reminds me, even when I have sinned and been as dumb as I could possibly be, and make as many mistakes as I possibly can make. As long as, even though I've tried to do as Paul did, I, I want to do the things that are right, but I do the things that are wrong. 
I do the things I despise. That's how sin is. There's this war going on, right? And we're giving in to that war sometimes. No matter what, it's God's love that brings me back home. And I've got to take time to reflect that, behold that, and appreciate that. That's why we sing it. That's why we say it. That's why it's said about Him in Scripture so many different times. There's one more point I want you to see today. God's love is unfailing. What does it mean to be unfailing? Well, obviously it means not failing. But it also means not giving way. Not falling short of expectation. It also means endless. Not liable to fall. Constant. It means everlasting. You know, in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul writes there about love. He says this about love. Love will never fail, right? You see, when you think about love, in that state, yes, we need to remind ourselves our love needs to be that way. But I think about God's love. When I think about that passage and and i think about love you look there and, and it's god god is love he he could be separated i mean that word could be interchanged right there love or the old king james charity you can also you know you could put god in why because god is love and so as we think about god's love you need to know it will never fail unfortunately my love fails your love fails God's doesn't. That's why it's so important to note and reflect and behold how much He loves us. God's love also is endless. What does that mean? Exactly what it says. When's His love going to run out? When's it going to stop? Well, it's not. When did the Father stop for the prodigal son? It didn't. It never stopped. He always loved His Son. Even when He was in with the pigs, He loved His Son. Even when He was wasting it on alcohol or women or gambling or whatever He was doing, His love never ended. God's love never ended. The Father's love never ended. His love is truly everlasting. In John 15, 9-17, Again, the words of Christ. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants. For a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you 
and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. And then in John 10, the words of Christ, beginning in verse 25. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's house, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep, as I said to you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. That is the unfailing love of God. But we've got work to do. But the work's not hard. The work is this. Take hold of His hand. Take hold of His hand. Now, if you take hold of His hand, you're going to take hold of His commands. You're going to take hold of His Word. You're going to take hold of worship. You're going to take hold of prayer. You're going to take hold of all these attributes of God. His holiness. His everything. But all we've got to do today is take hold of His hand. Because nothing can snatch us from the Father's hand. His love is unfailing. As we get ready to close out, I want to take you back to the Old Testament for a moment. It's Psalm 36, verse 7. Verse simply writes and is put this way. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. I can't help but think, and I've shared this story in closing before, so bear with me again, please. I can't help but think of a story I heard many years ago when there were a lot of fires in California. Those fires had been devastating. Of course, they burned up all acreage, homes, whatever was in the fire's way. It consumed it. And the firemen were exhausted and they'd been out working long hours and You know, they would come and and they would see bones of animals and different things as it got them as they're trying to run away. And one particular instance, the fireman uh, walked up and petrified right there, just boom, the fire went over them and just left them in this state, was a mama bird. And this bird was just sitting there. And the fireman thought, you know... I'm just going to, you know, I don't want anybody else to see it. It's kind of sad. And so he kind of just takes and knocks the ashes over, and then all of a sudden outran all these little baby birds. Because what the mother did in that moment was put those birds under the shadow of her wing so that they could be safe from the fire. She gave her life save the birds 
Psalm 36, 7, talking about God. How precious is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. Today, God is willing to put you under His wings. God is willing to bestow His love upon you. There's a fire coming. There is disaster coming. There's evil coming. There is hell coming. We want to be under the shadow of His wings. God is love. The question is, do we love God? Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. You have that opportunity right now as together we stand and sing.